A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions, and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Usually I take Friday off, but I took Monday off this week because Diane had gotten on the computer at 6.30 Friday morning and gotten us tickets to go to the National Museum of African American History and Culture. By the way, you can get tickets same day if you get up at 6.30 and get online. There's a few available. We went with our friends, the Ashcrafts, and it happened so happened that Randy was in the other room trying to get tickets at the same time, and there were six, and all of a sudden they were gone, and Diane got them, so we shared them with the Ashcrafts. It was a sobering day. The lynchings. The brutal killing of 14-year-old Emmett Till. Born and raised in Chicago, and in August of 55, 1955, his mother sent him to visit family near Money, Mississippi in the Delta. On August the 28th, 1955, Roy Bryant and his brother lynched 14-year-old Emmett Till. They beat him. They mutilated his body, they shot him in the head, and then sunk his body in the Tallahatchie River. If you go to the museum, you will see Emmett Till's original casket. His body was ex exhumed in 2004 to make sure that it was Emmett Till. His casket, when he died, was open for five days. For as his mother, Mamie Elizabeth Till, said, I want the world to see what they did to my baby. 
Perhaps the most moving part of the whole day, though, was to witness the African-American fathers and mothers trying to explain slavery and shackles and all of that to their single-digit aged children. Trying to explain Jim Crow and the like. How could Emmett Till's mother and, a thou- and thousands of others forgive? Forgiveness is not always easy, but if healing and wholeness is to happen, it must occur. We must forgive or it will kill us. As one has said, the failure to forgive is like drinking poison and expecting the one who has wronged us to die. When it's difficult to forgive, remember the story that Keith read to us, the parable of the unforgiving servant. And Jesus talking about forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. When we find it difficult to forgive, remember how we have been forgiven. You see, the servant had a debt that was unpayable in his lifetime and it was forgiven every one of us you me all of us stand in the need of forgiveness how do we forgive how can we forgive we can do it because God gives us this grace to be forgiving persons Let me tell you a story, a story of the grace that God gives to forgive and to transform lives. See, Johnny, Johnny Lee Cleary was born in Oklahoma. His father filled him with prejudice against African Americans and other people of color, planting the seeds of hatred in his life. However, Johnny Lee's dad made sure that Johnny Lee was in Sunday school every Sunday, and because of the interest and nurture and care and concern of a Sunday school teacher, at a fairly early age, Johnny Lee became a Christ follower. He became a Christian. But there was trouble at home. Constant fights with his parents, between his parents, his mother unfaithful to his father, his father's alcoholism, until finally... Young Johnny Lee witnessed his father take a 45 caliber pistol and kill himself. Three weeks later, Johnny Lee's mother moved her boyfriend into the house. The boyfriend started knocking Johnny Lee around, and when Johnny Lee reported his mother and the boyfriend to the police. She said, I don't care where you go, but get out. She put him on a bus to go live with his sister and her abusive boyfriend in Long Beach, California. Things got so bad that at the age of 14, Johnny Lee was considering taking his own life, and then one day he saw David Duke, the white supremacist, on TV saying some of the same things that Johnny Lee's dad had said to him. When he was little, 
Johnny Lee wrote for information and was visited by a Klansman who found out what kind of life he had and told Johnny Lee that the Klan was a Christian organization and they would be family to him. So Johnny Lee joined the Klan and during 16 years worked his way up to be Grand Wizard. During this time, sometime in the 70s, Johnny Lee met, met Wade Watts. Wade was pastor of the Jerusalem Baptist Church in McAllister, Oklahoma. At the time, Wade was also the president of the state NAACP. He was president of the NAACP when Johnny Lee and he debated on an Oklahoma City radio station. Johnny Lee remembers, I called him every name in the book, and he would, would, would respond, God bless you, son. Jesus loves you. Wade's wife and their adopted multi-race baby girl were waiting in the lobby of the radio station when the debate was over. And as they left, Watts turned to Johnny Lee and pointed at his young young adopted baby, and he said, Johnny Lee, how can you hate this baby? Sometime after that, Johnny Lee set fire to Wade's church and for years made harassing phone calls to Watts. That's in the 70s. Fast forward to 1989, and Johnny Lee, after six months of being at in the Klan's top position, he knew something was missing. Getting to the top had cost me my wife and a child, he said. Everything came crashing down and I was to the point of taking my own life. I was thinking about suicide and then I looked over and saw a Bible lying on the table and I remembered the happiest times of my life were the times when I was in Sunday school as a child. So I picked up the Bible and began reading it, thinking that maybe I should ask forgiveness. I, I, I don't think it was a mistake. I don't, I don't think it was a coincidence that the first place I turned to was Luke 15 in the story of the prodigal son. And as I began to read, I realized that no matter what I'd done, where I'd been, what I had said, the Lord had never left me nor forsaken me, that I was welcome home. After I got up from asking for forgiveness, I felt like a thousand pounds had been lifted from my shoulders. Because as Leonard Sweet reminds us, there is no disgrace that grace cannot cover. There is no disgrace that grace cannot cover. And that's what Johnny Lee experienced once again in his life. I wouldn't tell you that all hate and prejudice left me right then because hatred is learned, it's a learned response just as love is. I had to study scripture and get my mind right. That was 1989. By 1991, Johnny Lee felt that he was called to the preaching ministry. Amazing story, isn't it? But that's not all. As Johnny Lee prayed, he felt led to call Wade Watts, the former president of the state NAACP, and he'd 
debated him on the Oklahoma City radio station, met his wife and daughter, you remember, in the lobby of the radio station. When Johnny Lee called and Watt's wife handed Wade the phone, she said, it's that old Ku Klux Klansman. But when Johnny Lee said, hello, brother, Watts said, that sounded mighty strange to me. Johnny Lee said, when, when I asked Watts if he remembered Johnny Lee clearly, he said, remember you, son, I've been praying for you for years. I told him his prayers were answered. I resigned from the clan. I got my heart right with the Lord and I decided to serve the Lord the rest of my life. The reason I'm calling you is to, is to say that I felt called to the preaching ministry. I felt the, feel the Lord has called me to that. Well, son, have you preached anywhere yet? No. Well, would you do the honor of coming and preaching at the New Jerusalem Baptist Church in McAllister, Oklahoma. Johnny Lee agreed. Well, how do I get there? Well, son, you ought to know you tried to burn it down. So Johnny Lee went and preached his first sermon at Wade Watts Church. Church building he'd tried to burn down years before. It's a wonderful story, but there is more. At the end of Johnny Lee's first sermon, a girl about 15 came down the aisle during the invitation saying that she wanted to, to know the same Jesus that Johnny Lee knew. Then says Johnny Lee, I heard someone else crying and saw Wade Watts getting to his feet. Johnny Lee? You remember that little baby I showed you when, you when we debated years ago in the radio station and I asked you how you could hate that little girl? That's that little girl. Wade hugged him and said, Who would have ever believed that God would take an old Ku Klux Klansman, have me pray for him for all these years, and then he would come down here and lead my daughter to faith in Jesus Christ. That, my brothers and sisters, is what forgiveness can do. That's the power of forgiveness. Not only can it set you free if you forgive, or not only can it set you free as you accept forgiveness but it can also give life to those around you to those whom you love it's true for individuals it's true for a congregation when it's hard to forgive God stands ready to give us the grace to be forgivers and to accept forgiveness let me ask you this, where is it that you need to forgive today that that poison that you're drinking is killing you and those you love, where is it 
Stop drinking it today. Stop. Where is it that you need to begin to let go? To accept forgiveness. That you just continue to beat yourself up. You know, one of my favorite verses of hymnody starts with, He breaks the power of canceled sin and sets the prisoner free. You see, don't keep beating yourself up. That sin is canceled. Let God set you free. Oh God, may we be forgivers and may we accept the forgiveness that we so desperately need. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.